0: wolfing down a mouthful of Lola's concoction. Mmm, delicious, I mumbled, while trying not to visibly bulk as the sugar ravaged my taste buds. Just what the doctor ordered. Despite Laura's best intentions, breakfast rarely, if ever, concluded as sedately as it began. Sometimes it would be Evie who drifted off from the table in order to reply to her friend's texts. Other times it would be Lola, as she suddenly recalled the half-dozen parental consent forms abandoned at the bottom of her school bag that needed signing. And once in a while it would be me, briefly checking my email at the kitchen table, only to stumble across some work-related emergency that required my full attention. However, sometime after the disintegration of breakfast, but before the mass exodus from home, Laura would somehow bring us all together again for the morning briefing. Taking the family calendar off the hook on the wall next to the fridge, she would hand out the next lot of tasks and reminders. And the day we lost Laura was no different. To Evie, she said, You've got swimming today, sweetie. Have you packed your kit yet? To Lola, she said, The egg boxes that Mrs Baker wants are in the cupboard next to the sink. Could you bag them up and leave them by the door, please? To me, she said, Don't forget, you're picking up Evie from me as on your way home and Lola's parents' evening is tomorrow, so if anyone tries to book you in for a meeting after five, make sure you tell them no. With that, she scanned the calendar one last time, double-checking that she hadn't missed anything, before returning it to its rightful place on the wall. Sometimes I used to joke that if there was a fire and she could only rescue three things from the house, it would go kids first and second, and the family calendar third. Owning it, adding to it, and reflecting on it seemed to bring Laura a peace that nothing else could. Because while there were things to dread about it, tax returns, dental appointments and MOTs, there was also a lot to look forward to. Holidays, theatre trips and birthdays. And above all, there was order. In a world where all manner of random events could occur, from homegrown terrorists blowing up buses to train crashes caused by signalling errors... It helped us to believe that no disaster could ever overtake us, because we knew exactly what the future looked like. We could hold it in our hands. Besides always eating breakfast together, the other golden rule of the Hope household was this. No one was ever allowed to leave home without first saying a proper goodbye. Not Evie distracted by a phone call, or Lola lost in a daydream, or me fielding a text. Everybody said goodbye, without exception. And as, more often than not, I was the first to leave, it was always me who got my goodbyes in first. On that day, I got a big wet kiss from Lola, the offer of a forehead against which to place my lips from Evie, and then, finally, a big old-fashioned smooch from Laura. Back usual time? Should be. I can't remember. Are you at uni today? No, but I've got a deadline looming. "'Need me to pick up anything for dinner?' "'A nice Shiraz wouldn't go amiss. (laughs) "'Like that, is it? "'Not looking forward to today, then?' "'She leaned and pressed her lips against my cheek. "'Put it this way,' she said. "'I'll be glad when it's over.' "'I was about to ask more about her university assignment "'when we heard the girls raised voices from upstairs. "'They were both threatening each other "'with the ultimate sanction of "'Telling Mum!' "'I put down my bag.' ready to go upstairs and give them both a good talking to, but Laura stopped me. I'll deal with it, she said. You're already late as it is. I checked my watch. Indeed, I'd have to pray to the gods of traffic just to be in with the hope of not missing my train. Before I left, I told her not to let them give her any grief, and then I kissed her again and jumped into the car without a backward glance. Never once considering that this would be the last time I'd ever see her alive. Linda I remember when I woke that morning, lying in bed on my little terrace in York, making a mental list for the day ahead. You know, the sort of thing, buy milk, find new energy provider, take old clothes to charity shop, defrost freezer. I was also planning to help out with lunch at the local homeless shelter like I usually did on a Friday and in the afternoon I'd pencilled in a visit to the library. These were the sorts of things I filled my days with after retiring. It's strange, really. I genuinely thought it was going to be just another day. Another day of filling time.